Radio Influence. The future is now. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. This is Jim Fannin. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm with sidekick producer Seth Hurd. Hey, Seth, how are you? I am fantastic, and this is going to be a really good episode. We are talking to relationships, but if, if you're tempted to say, okay, this is the one I'm not going to listen to because I just went through a breakup or I shared my feelings with somebody and it didn't work out, this episode is for you. This episode is for you if you're dating, if you're engaged, if you're married, if you're single, if you're working, if you're in sports, if you're doing anything, you need to be here for this one. So we're going to have a lot of fun. And it's also, uh, we're going to talk about uh, relationships in your business. We're going to talk about your friends. So it is going to be personal relationships, but it's relationships in the zone. You know, you are uh, only as good as the relationships with other people that you have in your life. And obviously you have some that are very intimate, uh, but you have some that you just have to have because of business where one plus one equals three in all your relationships. That's really what this show is about. So, Seth, who's been in the zone? I tell you what, it is an amazing time to be watching the Winter Olympics. First of all, we got to talk about Sean White. He won the 100th gold medal in America's history at the Winter Olympics. And if you want to talk about reaching a high standard of excellence, this guy is going out there, and the difference between his worst day and his best day is getting smaller and smaller. He just... Well, let, let's talk about Sean White. If you saw him win the gold in the half pipe, um, it came down to three guys uh, that were going to win the gold. They were all three going to be medalists. They had one run to go. Sean White is going to be last. And uh, the first two faltered. Uh, all he has to do, well, all he has to do is nail it. That, that's a big deal. And he does, and he wins the gold. But in the interview, he made a couple of comments that are really pertinent to getting in the zone. Why do I always wait to the last run to, to nail it and be successful? And he said, I like that pressure. And I've seen this with so many athletes. They'll actually put themselves in a precarious position. This happened to Oral Hershiser, who I was coaching, when he was pitching for the Cleveland Indians he realized he would put himself in a negative position, create that stress, and as the uh, consistent listeners know on this show, you do need stress, hopefully it's good stress, you stress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S, to get in the zone. And that's what Sean White did. That's what Oral Hershiser did. He would put himself in a 
position that he didn't want to be in, but in reality, his subconscious was creating that stress so that he could deliver a zone performance. And I've seen it over and over and over. And sometimes, just normal, us people walking around, now I'm not talking about the superstar athlete, we do the same thing. We did this in school. We would wait to the last minute to do a term paper. When's that thing due? Tomorrow? Oh, my goodness. And then we'd pull an all-nighter, create the stress, and we'd bail ourselves out. And that's what a lot of procrastinators have done. You say, wow, is procrastination good? No, it's not. It's good on the short term because it does create that stress. You did it. You put yourself in that position. And, and then, of course, the stress makes you more disciplined, makes you more focused, gets you confident because you have no option. Uh, if you can relax with it, which a lot of people cannot do, but the top performer can. Uh, and then there's the thrill uh, about that zone happening. It's kind of fun. And then you bail yourself out. Now, the, the negative of this, it creates a yo-yo effect where wait to the last minute, get in the zone. Then you relax and you can't do any decent work for maybe a week. And then all of a sudden you put stress on yourself to meet that sales quota. And then you lock in the zone for the last five days of the quota period. And then you expend a lot of energy because you're in the zone, and then you relax. There's that teeter-totter up and down. So this is not for the faint of heart to wait to the last minute. But Sean White literally created this situation where he has to nail the last run, and he said he enjoys that stress. So he actually created that uh, to get in the zone. Pretty precarious, though, when you're talking about the Olympics, uh, waiting four years to get a medal. And, of course, he came back from some injuries, some other setbacks. So uh, kudos to Sean White. You're in the zone. Now, I'm going to do something a little weird here. We're going to connect the Super Bowl. Wait, wait a minute. A little weird. A little here. weird. I, I like that. I like <laughs> weird. Let's get weird, Seth. Well, I don't think most people who are watching uh, Chloe Kim and Red Gerard, uh, the, you know, our two youngest Olympians to medal so far, actually Red Gerard, the youngest male Olympian to medal uh, in the Winter Olympics in 100 years. I don't think most of them would connect their performances to the Philadelphia Eagles. But to go back to our episode right before the Super Bowl, the Eagles were having fun. They were wearing dog masks at, uh, you know, at press day. Uh, they, were, they were being you know, kind of goofy, right? And then you said, you've got to relax, and then you've got to tighten up to get into the zone, right? Um, so that's what both of these athletes did. Red Gerard. And, and and let's explain tighten up means not muscular tighten up, mentally. Focus, put blinders yeah, on. Yeah, get your mind taut, T-A-U-T, get focused. So these, you know, these two have captured the hearts of America because they're just having fun, but then they turn it on. So Red Gerard actually, at this point famously, overslept watching Netflix because he's 17. Then his roommate woke him up and he's like, dude, you got to go Olympic now. He lost his coat, borrowed a coat, and went out there and had a perfect run. Chloe Kim, same thing. Having a great time until she's got to get out there and do it. And, you know, you've talked about a great round of golf is only like just a few minutes of focus, right? I feel like these two have really mastered that. Well, I, I saw Carlos Delgado, uh, a great baseball player, uh, played for Toronto, played for uh, the New York Mets. 
before he hit four home runs, he wasn't feeling great. He took a nap uh, in the bowels of the stadium, and he fell asleep, and he's now they can't find him. <laughs> so, you know, he's going to miss the game. He's there, but he, he was asleep, and a, a clubhouse uh, attendant finds him, oh my, and he's like, oh, my gosh, and without thinking, he goes out there and hits four home runs, a very surreal. So similar uh, experience where, uh, you know, he's hustling to get ready, but he was mindless. No time to get nervous. He just needs to get in uniform and get on the field. And that's what happened when he tried to, where's my coat, borrows the coat, and goes out and gets in the zone. And we can't blame you if you shed a tear or two during the Olympic coverage because that's kind of natural with some of these amazing stories. And you might even shed another tear or two of, of happiness here. Man, what an amazing zone performance. So we're going to go from the Olympics actually to UPS. <laughs> well, this, this is a true Olympic effort. Uh, by a young man, 21-year-old, single dad, Trenton Lewis. Now, this was in uh, a, 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 an article in the paper. Trenton Lewis worked for a UPS store in Arkansas, a UPS company in Arkansas, walked 11 miles to work every single day for seven months, never complained, never late, never brought it up. So to support his 14-month-old daughter, walks to work 11 miles, works at UPS, which is pretty arduous, and then walks home. Never says a word. Pretty Olympian uh, feat for him. Uh, the busy bee of, uh, of his workplace, there's always somebody that kind of knows everything that's going on. <laughs> she realized what was happening. Uh, they saw him walking to work. Now, he's getting up at like 3 a.m. to do this. And they all got together, and they raised $2,000. They told him there's an emergency union meeting that they need to meet, meet in the parking lot. He's oblivious of what to do. And he, he's in a hurry to walk home to see his daughter. And in the parking lot, they have a, a used car for him and obviously uh, the very first thing he did is drove home and uh, took his daughter out, uh, I think, for ice cream. So that oh. that's just an amazing story. Kudos to UPS in Arkansas. Pretty amazing. But, wow, Trent and Lewis, you're in the zone. And, you know, we're seeing people spread positivity on social media, which is not what you always find on social media by sharing moments of the show. If you're going to share something this week, you know, make sure you tag us. You can search Jim Fannin. And, and if you want to, be a blessing to the people around you. Share this story, man, because this kind of stuff just keeps rippling out. Trent Lewis, I, I'm impressed. I, I just came back. I was in Sedona, Arizona, and uh, I said, you know, I'm going to earn my breakfast. So I got up and walked three miles one way to breakfast. I can't even fathom walking 11 miles to work for seven months both ways, 22 miles. So it's almost like a, well, a little bit short of a marathon every day. Pretty impressive. Let's shift gears. We just had Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day belated to you, Seth. And I, I hope uh, you and your significant other had an uh, amazing day. I'm here to declare Valentine's Year. So happy Valentine's Year 
You've got 365 days to next Valentine's Day. And everybody's scrambling. I, I went out to all my clients. Hey, it's Valentine's Day coming up. You know, don't forget this part of your life, this arena. But let, let's talk about a few tips and maybe the greatest Valentine's uh, gift that you can actually give. Um, Valentine's year. Here's a couple of things that you can provide to your significant other. And there's a few 90-second rule uses that if you stick to it and be consistent, you're going to increase your relationship. One plus one is definitely going to be more than three. Now, the key here, can you do this every day for 365 days? Happy Valentine's year. Number one, wake up in the morning with a smile on your face. That's not easy, especially if you don't want to get up and go to work. That's not easy. The first thing you need to do is find your significant other. Well, maybe she or he's in the covers. Maybe you have to get up. Maybe they don't. They get up later. Or maybe they're already up because they go to work before you. So maybe they're in the bathroom. Maybe they're already in the kitchen. Give your significant other the first 90 seconds of every single day. Look them in the eye. I'm going to love you all day today. I love you today more than ever. Sounds easy. It's not easy. But we need to be consistent. Give your significant other the first 90 seconds. Now, then you're going to part possibly. She or he's going to go to work. You're going to go to work. Say goodbye like you mean it. Look them in the eye long enough to discern eye color. Give them a heartfelt goodbye. I'm going to love you all day. I love you more than stars in the sky and sand on the beach. I can't wait to be home. And so this is no matter what. So can't no, find no your matter keys. what. No, no, no matter what's your on keys. your agenda. Uh, and maybe you're on a business trip. That first 90 seconds, make that phone call. And when you get ready to start your day, and you're in a separate city, as you're going off to work in a separate city, do the same thing. Give your, give your significant other a call. Now, shared vision, Seth brought you and your significant other together. Shared vision brought my wife and I together. So, you know, you dated. Oh, man, I love her. You think to yourself. And then all of a sudden you think, wow, uh, I can see a house on the hill and kids. And all of a sudden, one of you has that shared vision. Then the other one has shared vision. And now one plus one equals more than yourself. Or really, what's the point? Shared vision brought you together. And the lack of it, unfortunately, will tear you apart. And many couples are waking up as empty nesters and go, wow, what about us? Where's our shared vision? You know, we put all our happy eggs into raising kids or making money, uh, building a business, uh, shared vision. So when you're away from someone you care about, you know, four, five, six, eight hours while you're working, carve out a couple of 90 seconds to see that significant other in the most positive light. Just send out the mental vibe. You don't even have to call them. Maybe that's not appropriate. 
Because, you know, when you were dating them and you went to work, you thought about them a lot. You know you did, Seth. You thought about Amanda a lot when you were apart. Uh, and then you get married and, you know, you take things for granted. Uh, you get in the zone in your business and, you know, maybe you don't think about them. That doesn't mean you don't love them. You just don't think about them because you're busy. And, and I, I want everyone to just take 90 seconds, two times, to think about them. But see them happy. See them smile. Send out that positive vibe. And they can pick it up. They can feel it. So we got in the morning. When you say goodbye, that's two uses of the 90-second rule. Two times when you're apart during your day. Unfortunately, I've had one client who had to actually set his alarm during the day because he was so locked in the zone with his clients. Six, seven hours to go by, and he's like, oh, my gosh, I haven't even called my wife. So he actually set his alarm. Uh, again, that doesn't mean he didn't love her. It just means, man, he's in the zone working. I, I get that. Now, this next use I think is crucial, and I've said this many times. There's a video on YouTube called The 90-Second Rule. If you've been away from someone you love and you really care about at least two hours, the first 90 seconds has more impact on your relationship than spending hours and hours with them later. So put down your cell phone, turn it off, clear your mind, uh, turn off your business brain, and give your significant other that first 90 seconds. Again, look them in the eye long enough to discern eye color. Many of my clients go, I can't believe I, I haven't been doing that. I can't believe I don't, haven't looked my significant other in the eye with, with love and with passion. And there's a technique in that 90 seconds called mirroring. And we've mentioned it on this show, but if you see a sad face when you come home, then you don't want to be sad, but you want to have empathy to kind of go to their level. Baby, you okay? Uh, what's wrong? Oh, nothing. Yeah, but you, something, is something wrong? That way I can connect with her and then lift her up to positivity. And if she's happy or he's happy, then you need, oh, what's going on? What happened? And so you want to mirror their attitude so that you can bond with them and make that connection. And if you have little kids, they're going to run at dad or mom when you come home, but hold them up. Hold up. Let me hug mommy. Let me hug daddy. Now you're training your children how to treat a significant other uh, with respect 15, 20 years from now, but you're also showing respect for mom or respect for dad. So hold them up until you hug mom, hug dad, do your 90-second rule. Now you're not only doing it for your significant other, but now you're training your kids to be able to pass this on. And, you know, if I can just remind the audience of two rules that, uh, that your clients live by. So you're coaching some of the top performers in the world, which means sometimes you have to call at 3 a.m. because somebody's overseas for sports or for business. And you take those calls. But the two times you don't take a call, right, is you don't let somebody say the P word. <laughs> P-R-O-L-B-E-M-E-B-M. P-R-O-B-L-E-M. No, no, that's it, not. not they, I hang up. You hang up and they have to call you back. Yeah. We don't use that word. And the second thing is, you will not talk to a client right when they get home because you always say, no, talk to me later. Walk well, I, in. Yeah, I've, I've got, uh, this has happened many times. One of my clients uh, in, in EmployCo, uh, it's an HR company, Rob Wilson. Uh, he's called and we're talking as he's driving to his house. And he goes, I got to go. 90 second rule. And, and the call's over. And I, I get that. He's done that to me many, many times. And uh, 
you know, that's how one plus one equals three. So now that's another 90 second rule usage. Now, the last one, and I think this one's crucial because uh, in the last 30 minutes, you need to carve out at least 90 seconds to be with your significant other. But I recommend in the last 30 minutes, couples, avoid talking about money, avoid talking about children, do not talk about your job. Why? What's there to talk about? You know, <laughs> now, now what do I do? Well, you don't have to talk about anything. You can touch toes. Uh, you can snuggle. And I'm, I'm not talking about being intimate uh, in a uh, serious intimacy way. I'm just talking about bonding and a couple of sweet nothings. I, I love you. I, I love you more than the stars in the sky. Uh, one plus one equals three uh, forever. Whatever you need to do, go to sleep in the most positive way. Even if you're at an impasse on a challenge and you're in disagreement, uh, you may not even like your spouse at that moment. They may not like you, but love conquers all. Wake up happy. Good morning, baby. And go to bed happy. Good night, baby. I love you. I love you. Now, I've just gone through about nine minutes maximum. That's all you need to do to commit to bonding with someone that you actually love. And in that last 30 minutes, you can talk about shared vision a house you want to buy, a vacation you want to have, something in the future, but it needs to be about the two of you. Uh, you were together before you probably had children. That's obvious. You know, you, you were together, and you had a bond before you had kids. It is amazing how kids dominate all of your thoughts, and uh, you know, what about me? What about us? And uh, we need to put ourselves on the front burner. And, and don't forget, this nine, nine minutes a day in 90 seconds at a time, your children pick this love up. And now you're showing them how to love, how to care, how to be respectful. And uh, kids are in training. So uh, be a great mentor in showing your kids how to have a great relationship by leading by example. So now let's change gears. Let's go to another arena of your life and let's talk about relationships. Let's go to your business arena. You know, most people in business, there's probably a dozen people in your business that are going to make your business, especially if you're a small business owner. There may be fewer than that. You may have a vendor that you need to have a very positive relationship. In these arenas, you know, you need a blueprint for your overall life. That's definite. Nothing great happens uh, without a blueprint. And you need a blueprint in your relationship of one plus one equals three, your intimate, personal relationship. But you also need a blueprint for your relationships in your business. What people? are mandatory for your business to survive and thrive? And are you developing those relationships? You may have a business partner. Are you on the same page? 
do you have a plan? And does that inner circle business team of yours, are you really on the same page? And is today one three sixty fifth of reaching your annual goals? But that team needs to bond. And I think because of this ferocious competition with margins being thinner, you need to circle the wagons even more today um, than ever before and get your team intact. Uh, a lot of the businesses that I'm coaching, they're taking retreats. They're taking uh, annual retreats, quarterly retreats, monthly retreats. Uh, they're having regular short meetings, making sure that everybody's on the same page. Everybody knows their responsibility, their accountability, and their authority. So uh, it's time to get your business relationships back in the zone. And if I can just add a quick footnote I've used before, man, the economy's good. And especially if you're in management and leadership, there's people out there that are hunting for your talent. You know, you, use the example, I got a, a recruitment call. Somebody flat out offered me a job if I would leave in two weeks and start. Wait a minute. No w, interview. Is that WGN? <laughs> I, I, will, I will attack these guys. Oh, no way. So WGN radio, huh? Okay. Game on, bro. Game on. <laughs> so, you know, what that decision came down to for me was I had such an incredible relationship with my boss that honestly started out because he hired me and, and two days later, his dad passed away. And I wound up going to the funeral and somehow that just really cemented us together. So if you're in management and leadership, man, I tell you what, a lot of times it's not the money. It's not the compensation. It's the love that your team feels for each other that's going to hold them together during the really good times when somebody else wants them all. Well, there, there was a study uh, a few years back with the Fortune 1000. They researched, uh, I believe, 2,500 executives. And they asked them what was the most meaningful part of their job, what, what was important to them. Money, Seth, was actually third on that list. Number one on that list is I'm an integral part of something greater than myself. So if you're the leader of the company, Keep talking about the long-term vision. Keep that always in the forefront. People want to be a part of something greater than themselves. And then the second thing on that list that came out of that survey, I want to be appreciated for a job well done. And um, it doesn't take much, uh, a pat on the back, a compliment. We can always find fault in everybody, but you got to throw a few uh, psychological bones out there of a job well done. Uh, you can still bust people's chops for not doing a good job. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but we need to acknowledge what they've done right because small successes lead into big successes. And now let's come back to the last thing. I, I want to talk about your very personal life arena and the key people there, those relationships. Seth, in, in your life, there's probably no more than 50 people in your life that are really in your inner circle. It, 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 it could be far less than that. This could be a best friend. Uh, the older you get, you realize you, you don't have that many great friends. Hey, can you send me 10 grand? Well, 
that eliminates ninety, <laughs> you know, ninety five percent of the people that you know. But you may have a friend that, uh, and I, I have several friends. Hey, can you wire me ten grand? I, I've got several friends that won't even ask me what it's for. Now, if I said, could you wire me a hundred grand? Yeah, there'll be an inquis- <laughs> there's going to be an inquisition of like, are you all right? What's going on? Do I need to bail you out of jail or something? But you know, these friendships, we need to be consistent in nurturing them. And um, who are these fifty people? These twenty five people? And it's not all about you. We need to ask better questions to nurture that relationship. How are your children? How is your business? How is your health? Tell me about you. And I think with our relationships, we need to ask better questions and not take these relationships for granted. Uh, In tough times, you'll need those relationships. And uh, even in good times, that's really what makes life worth living. Uh, At the end of the day, the last breath you take on this earth I believe the person that has the most positive relationships wins. It's obviously not the the most expensive car or the best house or how much cash you've acquired in your lifetime. It is your relationships. Don't take those for granted and, and nurture them. Now, one last thing. Your real personal inner circle. Do you have a doctor? part of your inner circle that you can call anytime regarding your health? And do you have a wellness blueprint? And are you in sync proactively with your doctor? Well, in your 20s, nah, I'll see a doctor, you know, if I break an arm, you know. In your 30s, eh, I'll see a doctor maybe if I have the flu to get a little relief. In your 40s, I think I'll just see a doctor every year. In your 50s, 60s, I think I might get a checkup every six months. You know, the older you get, the more proactive you get. But you need a positive relationship uh, with your doctor. So let's look at the relationships in your inner circle. How about an attorney? Yeah, I'm not in trouble. No, no. Do you have a will? Do you have a plan? On your overall health of your family financially? Do you have a financial advisor? Uh, do you have an insurance person that's going to protect your family? Do you have a doctor? Do you have an attorney? How about a bank? I ask everybody, uh, a new client, uh, do, you, do you have a bank? Oh, yeah. They, and they name the bank. Do you have a banker? No. I think having a banker is more important than having, everybody can have a bank. You can go into any bank, throw 50 bucks in an account. Okay, now you got a bank. Do you have a banker? So I I recommend uh, to everyone listening, I would have this personal advisory board. I would get them to sign a non-disclosure agreement, even though attorneys have that privilege and account. I'd still have them do it. I'd have my, in fact, have my attorney write up an NDA and then I make him sign it. And once a year, I would have a meeting and showcase to my advisory board. And again, this is not just business, this is everything in my life. 
and uh, I want everybody on the same page. And I, I want everyone there thinking about what they can do to help me reach my life goals and fulfill my blueprint of where I want to go with my significant other. So we have a lot of relationships in our life. We have that intimate relationship with your best friend, your significant other. Happy Valentine's year. Nine minutes. We have our business relationship. That's separate from our spouse, unless you're in a mom-pop business, and that's fine. But who's that inner circle? Where's the blueprint for your business? And is everybody pulling in the same direction? And then you have your friends arena. And then you have that inner circle of advisors. It is these relationships that you're going to have to nurture, be proactive, and get everybody on the same page. And um, I believe once you do that, you're going to sleep really well at night. Uh, These are the people that are going to help you be the best you can be. And I had a client call me uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we went through this inner circle. And uh, he realized he needed to get rid of a few people that they weren't there for him. They were more concerned about sending him an invoice than they were thinking out of the box. And when I had my annual advisor meeting, uh, attorney, accountant, financial planner, uh, you know, I don't bring my doctor to that one. But, uh, you know, when I had that meeting, here's my blueprint. Here's what I want to accomplish in 2018. Uh, You know, this would be in Q4 of last year. And um, I don't want them always to agree on what to do. Um, In fact, if they don't agree, uh, that creates a great dialogue. I also give them permission to talk within each other's inner circle. Uh, But they need to be thinking about me. I'm paying them to do that. So get your inner circle for your life. And then last, you got some great friends. I know you do. You got some people that love you, care about you. Maybe they're from high school, maybe they're from college, you know, or maybe you just met them. Stay in touch with them. Speak to them regularly and ask them questions. The more you give to a friend, the more you receive from a friend. The more you give to a significant other, the more love and respect you get back from him or her. And the more you give to your business team, the more they'll think about the overall business when you're not there. So what are your inner circle relationships? What are they thinking? What do they think about you? And are you really that important in their life? And um, This is a little time to reflect, but relationships, one plus one should equal at least three. Or what's the point, Seth? What's the point? So this is the time of year. Uh, Let's get our relationships in the zone. And of course, this is one piece of an amazing life. But you got to put the whole blueprint together. We've been giving you pieces for months and months now on the Jim Fannin Show. But the whole thing is going to be available in your hand, and you can pre-order it right now. Jim Fannin, F-A-N-N-I-N, 
the blueprint. You can pre-order the book right now. And this month, you're going to be working on a well-defined goal for your best 2018 ever. You know, when you have that life blueprint in your hand and, um, and you've created it, I, I recommend you create it with your significant other. Uh, although both of you have your own life blueprint. Um, boy, when you have visions, goals, tasks, and you understand the key people in every one of your arenas, and every one of my clients have anywhere from eight to 12 separate arenas. I, I would definitely not have more than that. Uh, I met someone yesterday that works three jobs and in and, and traveling uh, back to Chicago. And, well, those are three separate arenas of this person's life. So you have a self-arena, that, that's your spirituality, that's your wellness, and that's just you. And you have to have a plan for that. Maybe part of that plan is I need to be a, be a better listener. I need to ask more questions. Uh, I need to look people in the eye. Or I need to change my eating habits. Or I need to get more sleep. Whatever it may be, you'll have visions and goals in that self arena. You also have a significant other arena we've been talking about. And obviously, one plus one equals three is, is really the vision of that arena. And then you have your friends arena we've talked about. You have your business one, two, or three arenas, depending on how many jobs you have. You have a charity arena, possibly, if you're volunteering or if you have your own charity. That's separate. It has its own visions, goals, tasks, and key people. You're a son or a daughter, and so you still have a relationship with your parents. That's evolving. At some point, uh, instead of them coaching you, uh, you, you'll be coaching them. That, but you'll have visions, goals, uh, tasks, and key people, brothers, siblings in that arena. Um, then you have a sibling arena. It's totally separate from everybody else. I mean, nobody knows you better than your sibling. They know you. They remember the time you hit them over the head when you were six. <laughs> they, they know you. And... Um, Take a look at all of these arenas in your life, and that's what the blueprint really is all about. It, it's a, an accumulation of approximately 2,500 successful people that had this blueprint and had their life segregated into these standalone arenas. And I, I'm excited about the blueprint because I, I really know with that document that you can go to every day, you're going to feel a, a sense of accomplishment. I know it's going to motivate you. It's also going to get you to make some tough decisions like, why am I with this person? Or why is this person in my company? Or uh, I need to help this person become more positive, be even better in my company uh, or in my life. So uh, get the blueprint. It's, it's really designed for anybody and everybody. And, and then share the blueprint. Uh, aspect with your children because I think our kids today need a blueprint and they don't have it. They're searching for it. And remember, Amazon.com, Jim Fannin, F-A-N-N-I-N. And by the way, the brand new Jim Fannin.com is up. So as long as you're online and surfing around, you go ahead and check that out. Jim Fannin.com. 
One of my favorite parts of the show. You ready to get into a little question and answer here? Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. Open that mailbag, Seth. Hey, Jim. My spouse wants to be a novelist, but so far the stories are just sitting on a hard drive. How can I help? Oh, my goodness. That's, we all have a story. We all have a book in us. Um, you know, writing a book is easy to think about difficult to finally get it in print. Uh, I have a client right now that's been talking about a book for two years. I haven't seen the outline. I think you need to encourage that dream to come out. Um, Writing a book, first thing, obviously, you need an outline. The way the book process starts, you need a book proposal. You do need a sample chapter. The book proposal is actually a little sales piece. And what's the book about? But I think writing a book is really more about who's it for? Who's the reader? What do you want the reader to feel? Possibly, if it's a nonfiction book, uh, what do you want the reader to do? So B to A principle. Uh, And to write a book, you have to have a little bit of stress. I remember I wrote an outline for a book, uh, and the publisher loved it. So I have a proposal, and I get an advance. It's great. So now i got to finish the book, right? And after about 30 days, I haven't written any more on the book. I was kind of letting it percolate, got the advance. I, I got a little stress from the publisher. I need 100 pages by next Friday. So I had six days, and that stress finished the book for me. So you do need a little encouragement, a little bit of stress, and, or I'd have to give that advance back. Encourage that person, but I think you need a deadline or timeline, uh, and you need some stress. I'm going to finish the first chapter on this date. Uh, I'll have an outline on this date. But if you've got a book in you, get it out. Never before has it been easier to publish a book. And and there's some online printers. uh, You know, you could print one copy of your manuscript for about $30, $40. Obviously, if you get 1,000, it becomes less money. I think Lulu.com, I think, is one of those online book printing uh, uh, websites. But... uh, you can go out and publish your own book so you don't have to have a fancy agent or you don't have to have, you know, the Simon & Schuster or Doubleday uh, giving you advances. Advances are pretty much non-existent for a lot of writers today. Uh, there's so many people that are getting books out. But, boy, if you could ever finish a book, now's the time to do it. So help your significant other and get them motivated with a timeline. Keep encouraging them. Let's hit one more mailbag here before we cruise into the Zone Cafe. This is recent. I got an inquiry uh, from uh, an awesome couple, and uh, they were talking about their son, who they love more than anything, and uh, a young athlete, uh, but he's struggling. He's struggling uh, with coach, and he's had success, and he's had some failure. Uh, but the self-esteem uh, of their son is really low. And uh, 
and he's reflecting that in his body language. That's starting to come up, and they don't know what to do. They can see the frustration uh, in their kid, and who likes to sit and watch your kid being frustrated? That, that's frustrating watching that. I, you know, my, my oldest, uh, Colby, uh, was a ranked tennis player here in Chicago and in the Midwest, and, and uh, watching her struggle and losing a tennis match when you're just supposed to clap politely, yeah. uh, it's pretty frustrating, so I get that. Um, I, I would ask your child for permission, and I'm talking if they're a teenager. Do we have permission to let you know when you're not treating yourself like a champion? When you strike out or you walk a batter uh, or you miss two free throws, do we have permission to show you uh, maybe by video or just to remind you that you're thinking negative and you're being hard on yourself. Uh, I would ask permission. Now, if you're eight, uh, you don't need to necessarily ask their permission, but if they're 16, 17, I'd ask permission. Uh, I think your kid will give that to you. Uh, and if not, well, they're on their own. But uh, there's a lot of parents right now that are seeing frustration in their kids in sports. and. Uh, we need to turn children into and young adults into world-class decision makers. And the first decision you got to make, am I going to treat myself like a champion? I know if, if the kid could actually look at a, blueprint, uh, a printout of every thought they have during the day, they'd be shocked at how they treat themselves. And I've said this to pro athletes, if I talk to you the way you talk, to you, you'd fire me. And I think as parents, we need to make our kids aware of how they're treating themselves. So come from a love point. Don't come from a, uh, I'm trying to get my kid to be a pro point, or uh, I'm living vicariously through my kid. Uh, the bottom line in being a parent today is, can you help your child be a world-class decision maker? They're, they're only as good as what they think when you're not there. And of course, there's probably been some fantastic menu items consumed this week, given it's Valentine's Day. So we're talking steak, we're talking pasta, we're talking sushi. But now we're driving in for a, a whole different kind of meal at the Zone Cafe. And, and what I'd like for everyone to do, I want you to choose one arena right now. And you're going to drive up to the Zone Cafe and pick one arena. And there's five menu items for that particular arena. So it could be business. We're talking about relationships. So maybe it's about your relationship uh, in business or your significant other relationship. So right now with one arena in your mind, not your overall uh, uh, zone check, this is just for one arena. You can order self-discipline. That means I need a blueprint. I need a well-defined vision with corresponding goals, deadline, task. I need a plan. You can order self-discipline right now. We got a huge plate full of self-discipline for that arena. If that's what you need, take that order and drive away. You don't need to go any further. You only can order one item. Now, if you do have a plan, but it's not coming into fruition, maybe you need a heaping plate of concentration. Maybe you need to focus on it a little bit more. 
And uh, maybe you need to narrow your focus. Maybe you've got too many things you're thinking about. And uh, you, you have to have a place to send your energy. That's the whole point of goals. So if you need concentration, place your order. We're going to whip it up for you, and you can drive away. Again, with that arena in mind, maybe you need a big bucket of optimism and confidence. I love my significant other, but I'm not confident that I'm on the same page with her. She wants to move to Florida. I want to move to the mountains. Wow. We're at an impasse. And, uh, and so now we just don't even talk about it. Uh, so do you need more confidence that the two of you, one plus one, can equal three? You can compromise. Uh, or maybe they need confidence, or maybe you need confidence. If you need optimism, which has that jurisdiction over belief, expectancy, confidence, place your order. It's right here. But maybe you need relaxation. Maybe you're trying too hard in a, this particular arena that you're driving up for. So maybe you need to chill out a little bit. Maybe you need to relax. Maybe, uh, maybe you're stressing everybody out in addition to yourself. So if you need a big, tall glass of relaxation and you need to be a palm tree in whatever challenges you have, place your order now. But maybe, Seth, maybe you just need some passion. You know, maybe you need uh, a little pep in your step. Maybe you need some smiles, some enjoyment, whatever that arena is. If you need some enjoyment and everybody else in your arena needs some enjoyment, start spreading the cheer. Get some smiles. Get some music, because that is a pipeline to the zone. Uh, you know, I think everybody needs a heart song, you know? Uh, I, I walk around, I've got a little heart song. I think about it all the time. I carry it around with me sometimes. I, I'll change that song, something that really gets me tapping my feet and get me moving. So if you need some enjoyment, well, we got a big happy meal for you right here at the Zone Cafe. Place your order. Don't, don't, don't forget, you can come back in an hour. You can do another arena, or you can come back anytime the rest of the week and maybe see what you need overall in all the parts of your life. The Zone Cafe, it's here for you. This is our built-in score check. Each of these uh, items on our menu, self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment. Uh, we have a list of those. Go to the new website at jimfannon.com. There's a score section, and we've even got some frequently asked questions about the score success system. So that's really what the Zone Cafe is all about. It's an awareness focusing tool so that you can get some balance and simplicity in your life. And one last thing, Seth, when you have high levels, self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, enjoyment. That is your overall attitude. There's a chemical cocktail once those elements are at a high level. And once that flows into the bloodstream, I'm telling you, the zone has arrived and it is the only place to be. And I, I really believe you can live in, on, or near the zone in all of these arenas. Wouldn't that be a great life? Wouldn't that be a great way to wake up with a smile and go to bed with a smile and 
yeah, we got challenges, you know, we got bills, we got things, you know, we don't like and don't want to do, but wouldn't it be great if your mindset and attitude was so positive that you don't have the P-R-O-B-L-E-Ms, the problems? You don't have that. You just have challenges, and those are motivating and inspiring. And I'm telling you right now, this awareness focusing tool of the Zone Cafe, it'll fix most things 90% of the time. Get in the zone, everybody. It's the only place to be. Seth, I'm going to see you next week. Next week, we're going to have a fun show. If you're stressed out, you got a little anxiety, you got some challenges that's starting to change how you're feeling, your muscles are tensing up, your jaw's clenched, you're not getting a good night's sleep, you're tossing and turning, next week's show's for you. We're going to talk about relaxation. And more importantly, we're going to talk about how you can uh, put some positive tools in your life to have a purposeful, calm life. In the zone, everybody. It is for sure the only place to be. This is a leveling the playing field quick fix on Radio Influence. I'm really excited. I have Shannon Miller, former Olympic gymnast, on the pod. I always feel like it's not a soundbite issue. And that's why, you know, for nine months, I really <laughs> didn't do any media because I just feel like it's it's more important to just kind of get in and do the work. It's important for people to know that that work is being done and, and people are pushing for change. So that is important. I mean, you could go through a list of 100 to 1,000 little things that could easily be changed to make it safer, better. And it's not reinventing the wheel. These are just taking from best practices, processes and procedures that already exist in a number of different sports or industries. And I go back to why you would ever have a male trainer alone with a female athlete. It's hard to digest that these things weren't done. I would do anything to take away the pain for these survivors. I just, again, as a mom, it just breaks my heart. What I can do is step up today and I can continue to really push for that change in in very significant and specific ways. Leveling the Playing Field with Bobby Sue Doyle Hazard can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.